Hey, this is Diana, the Bard of Hudson. What the heck does that mean? A bard is just a storyteller. So here I am to share stories with you. What was it like growing up in the 60s and 70s? Did I really meet Bob Marley on an airplane? I hope you enjoy listening to my crazy life and that it inspires you to share your stories in some way. One great way to share your thoughts with me is through my Patreon page at patreon.com slash Diana the Bard. There you can see the photos and written materials that enrich my stories with visuals. Please check it out. And wherever you're listening, please rate and review and share the podcast. I'd love to hear what you think. At the end of the day, human connection is all we have. Enjoy. Good morning. Hello. For me, it's morning. (laughs) Hello, precious listeners, friends. Thank you for joining me today. I am recording this on the first day of spring. Ah, it's a good day. It's a good day. That is always the herald of a wonderful new time. I love springtime. I love those transition times. Spring and fall, where things are really changing quickly. So cool to watch in terms of the earth. And I really feel that energy, like something new is going to happen. Something exciting. Yeah. So maybe I was a plant. Well, I'm sure we were all plants and we will be plants again, hopefully. I was at a wonderful family event yesterday that was a memorial celebration, but the form of it was a musical concert where we got to hear some of the most gorgeous pianists, musicians, two of whom are world famous, and it was an incredible privilege to sit in a beautiful room and listen to music played live for you in a very small setting. Oh, it was so gorgeous. And my grandmother used to have these musicales, sometimes she would call them, where she'd invite musicians that she knew to come and sing at her house. And her house was an old Tudor sort of style house with lots of wood trim and it was warm and it reverberated the sounds of music in a beautiful way because wood does that. Wood catches sound and then sends it back to you with a warmer tone. So it's lovely to be in a room that has a lot of wood and then hear music. I don't know. It's something about it. So this was that kind of event as well. And there were a lot of family members there. And then there were people who I haven't seen in a long time. And, you know, post-pandemic, I mean, nobody's seen anybody. So there was a lot of catching up and such. But then at one point, someone I've known for a very long time asked me about my childhood nickname, having just used it. And then perhaps only then just thought that it's not a fitting name for an adult after all these years. (laughs) And when, when does one outgrow nicknames like that? Like what, when the last person that uses it dies? (laughs) I don't know. Where do they come from? It's a weird thing that people do to each other, I guess, in endearment. But sometimes they stick and you don't know how long they're going to be around for. So be careful about those. I might as well just confess that there are still people in this world who call me Moofy and my brother Toofy. These were supposedly conjured from nicknames that my parents had for each other. She being Moo Moo and he being Foofy. So they thought it would be a cute combination to make me Moofy. And then when my brother came along, they added the birth order idea so that he became Toofy. Toofy. Clever. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
I mean, it's a weird concept that they had such cuddly little nicknames for each other when their union came about in such a weird way. In any case, little did they know that these little cute nicknames would stick for 60 years and counting. After all, it's hard to ask your cousins and your brother to start calling you something else after they've known you your whole life. Although in this present culture of gender shifting, it seems to happen much more often now when somebody changes or transitions and they ask you to start calling them something else. It's jarring. It's difficult. Of course, it's easier on everyone when the person already has a name that could work for any choice like Dylan or Sammy. But when Elizabeth changes to George or something like that, then it takes some getting used to. So for me... I will go on into perpetuity with this weird little name that, of course, was a source of bitter taunting in school. Oh, where's three fee? You know, stupid things like that. Ugh, kids are so mean to each other and annoying. It has evolved for some people, my name. My cousin Phil, for instance, calls me Smuts. <laughs> and my friend Thea called me Futz for a long time. Both of those evolved from another elaboration that my mother made because she sometimes calls me Mufotta. Meow. My cats are in the back. In fact, there's a good one because my, this cat that you can hear right now was originally called Satsuki after a character from Totoro. But after observing her behavior for a long time. She is the original scaredy cat, so we now call her Spooky. <laughs> or Spooks. Spooks. So anyway, Mufota. And then my mom came up with an even more extravagant elaboration, which was thankfully taken up by no one but her. When she wants to cuddle me, which I do not suffer patiently, especially as a full-grown adult woman, I don't want to be cuddled. But not by my mother in any case, but sometimes she does it. And she calls me Mungle Mouse. I have no idea. No idea where that came from. So my brother, of course, has gotten some interesting names from his friends, his friend Michael, and from Phil, his cousin, over the years as well. Blinky was one that stuck with him for a very long time. Who knows where that came from? I don't, maybe I don't even want to know. Fortunately... Another nickname, the Big Hairy Orangutan, didn't last very long. <laughs> Spooky has a lot to say this morning. Big Hairy Orangutan, I think, was just a expression of their playful jealousy when he started to develop a muscled chest covered in red hair when they were still skinny little preteens. <laughs> you know. I still call my cousin Phil Peeps sometimes. Peeps. Hey, peeps. This is a vestige from an endearment his mom used when he was very little, which came from his Italian version of his name, which is Pippo or Pipotti, which was, you know, maybe a little too much. I love word origins and I'm always looking them up. I'm like super geeky about this. As a Shakespearean scholar, I have been down some fascinating roads where, for instance, the medieval French source word will illuminate a thrilling additional layer of meaning to some phrase that changes the character's entire intention. For me, those moments are like finding the one bone that makes this skeleton a whole new dinosaur rather than just another brontosaurus. Yeah, uber geeky, I know.
Sorry, got a little sidetracked there. In any case, somehow my nickname never grated upon my ears when my grandmother uttered it. You know, the speaker makes all the difference. It was not taunting and nasty when she said it. I always knew that in her mouth it was love language, you know? When we lived with her after my parents separated, and I was very little, I was three and a half, she told me that every morning she'd be downstairs making breakfast, and when she'd hear me coming downstairs, she'd go to the bottom of the stairs and call out, Who's the sunshine in this house? And I would pop out from a, behind a banister and happily crow down, Moofy! So that's the only time my nickname was a happiness for me. And then I would toddle down the stairs on my chubby little baby legs to be taken up in her arms and treated to some delicious breakfast complete with all sorts of condiments carefully laid out in beautiful receptacles. Like every other meal in my grandmother's house, breakfast was a complex entertainment of all the senses. Not just a quick half a bagel on the fly. She had this beautiful little pot for honey that was in the shape of a bee. And the back end of the bee, the abdomen, was this gorgeous deep green glass. And the wings were a piece of silver that lifted up and inside was the honey. Oh, it was so glorious. I just wanted to put honey on everything just so I could use that dish. And then there was this double glass jar in a silver holder with two little matching spoons and two silver tops to the glass jars. And one glass jar was green and one was like a deep rose. And those were for jam. And there was always raspberry jam and orange marmalade. Always in those two things. And so there was a ritual to breakfast that was just so glorious. To this day, breakfast served to me is still a special indulgence that I look forward to and I seek out whenever possible. Even breakfast at the diner will do. But some beautiful brunch spread is like, oh, my dream. So when all of us were finally seated at the breakfast table, Nana would even sing sometimes to welcome us because singing was the way she expressed her joy. So here, on this first day of spring, I'm gonna leave you with my grandmother's breakfast song, which is, good morning to you, good morning to you. We're all in our places with bright, happy faces. And this is the way to start a new day. <laughs> so, that is my welcoming for spring and welcoming for all of the happy things that I hope that spring will bring. Thank you for being here and I'll see you next time. Want to make some juicy passive income but don't know where to start? You need to check out Girls Trade too. Girls Trade 2 is an online community of women learning to trade in the stock market so they can boost their savings and get off that dang hamster wheel of work, work, work. So if you want some help figuring out the stock market, check out a free web class at girlstrade2.com.
Thanks for listening. If you'd like to connect, you can find me on Instagram at Diana the Bard or on Facebook at Diana Green. And check out my Patreon page at patreon.com slash Diana the Bard for photos and other fun additions. And if you're enjoying the podcast, please subscribe, share, rate, and review wherever you're listening. It makes a world of difference and helps others to find the show. I'd really appreciate it. Thanks so much. Bye.